Hey, everybody. Welcome to That Won't Preach, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming unpopular truth you need to hear. I'm Paul T. Johnson, and I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who believe it is the life-giving and life-changing power of God at work within us. Please don't forget to write a review and rate this podcast. Share it with someone who loves the truth of God's word already or someone who may be searching for truth in a confused culture and chaotic time. If you'd like more information on my podcast or ministry, you can visit paultjohnson.org and subscribe there also. Here we go. Deception Part two, we're underway. Let's get right to it. If you're just joining, last week I broke down five deceptions in the body of Christ. I'm going to give you five more today. There are 10 total just to review and remind you if you listened last week so we're all on the same page. We had number one, casual Christianity. This is faith that costs little to nothing. Casual Christians avoid controversial issues. They fail to stand up for truth. They want the benefits of a relationship with God without the sacrifice and obedience he requires. Number two was compartmentalized Christianity. That's faith that doesn't affect every area or issue of the heart, only some compartmentalized Christians. They just do their thing on Sunday. It doesn't translate into the rest of their week. Their faith fits neatly into a box of convenience. It's separate from work and school, friends and family relationships, the rest of their life. Number three was calloused Christianity. This is faith that's become hardened and impenetrable. Callous Christians, those are the ones who they've seen it all, done it all, heard it all. They've lost awe and wonder at God and his ways. They believe God even owes them something for their service and dedication. They are also deceived. Number four is chameleon Christianity. That's faith that's subject to change just like a chameleon Based on the environment, chameleon Christians get excited about God at church, but then when they're at work, nobody even knows they're a Christian or they're just ashamed of the gospel. Maybe you could even call them closet Christians. There's no boldness. They change shape and color depending on where they are, and they value blending in with the culture more than glorifying Christ and being unashamed of the Lord. Number five, the last one we got to last week was compromised Christianity, and this is faith and habitual sin mixed together. Compromised Christians are just making excuses to willfully and continually sin and live a habitual lifestyle, choosing sin, calling themselves Christians. The teachings of the scriptures are very clear. You cannot do that. Grace is at work in our hearts to set us free from the power of sin God has and will break the power of addiction, shame, cycles in our lives as we surrender to him, submit our hearts and repent and turn to the Lord and turn from sin. That is the power of the blood of Jesus on the cross that can set us free. So we broke a lot of that down last week, and I want to give you the other five. There are five more. This is a list of 10 deceptions. Before I get into number six, I want to start in 1 Corinthians 6, and I want to read you two verses of Scripture. This is 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Paul asks these questions, Or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. There it is. Do not be deceived. 
neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor idolaters, nor the effeminate, or homosexuals, thieves, nor the covetous, or drunkards, or revilers, or swindlers, shall inherit the kingdom of God. The word of God is explicitly clear. Do not be deceived. You cannot continue in a habitual lifestyle of sin and compromise and call yourself a Christian and just do the same thing over and over and over and over and over because you're just making a mockery of the grace of God. Oh, I know he'll forgive me. Yes, the father loves to forgive his children. It's his good pleasure to reinstate us and welcome us home. But the prodigal son came to his senses, repented, received the embrace of the father and was restored. He didn't just go back and forth to the pig slop and expect daddy to do nothing about it. So don't be deceived. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God, period. It's what the word of God says. Number six is conference Christianity. Conference Christianity is faith that flocks to big events seeking an emotional experience. Conference Christians move from one spiritual high to another. They follow big names and popular ministries. They lack stability and consistency in their walk and poorly steward life's mundane moments. Now, is there anything wrong with a Christian conference? No, I just went to one this month and it was powerful and the Lord did incredible things in these meetings. But when your entire Christian life is built around going from conference to conference or event to event, meeting to meeting, and you're just living off of the big names and the big shows of the big meetings, and you do not have a consistent daily devotional life and walk with God, you are deceived and you are quite literally using the oil from other people's lamps and expecting that to keep you burning when God calls us in the new covenant to know the Lord for ourselves and to have a relationship with Christ through the Holy Spirit that transforms us where we have an intimate, ongoing, active relationship with God for ourselves. We don't need another conference or another event or another big ministry or name to blow through our town or get close or go to them we have a relationship with God where actually if you attend those things, it can simply be a compliment or it can build on what God is already doing in your heart and in your life. But moving from one event to another event, that's not the way to live to the Christian life. The Christian life is a daily dying to self where we choose Jesus and his ways, where we die and take up our cross that the life of Jesus Christ might be manifested in us. None of that has anything to do with a conference. And again, those things are not bad, but really you can fall down in an altar and go crazy and yell and scream at a conference. But does any of that translate into your walk? Does any of that make a difference in you or was it just an emotional high? 
See, God is after our hearts where really it's not about how you feel on the weekend at a conference or even on a Sunday morning, but what does that mean for your Monday morning? Who are you on Tuesday morning or when you're traveling for business and you're away from your family? What are the decisions that you make? Integrity is about what you do when no one is looking and no one might ever know what you're doing. We've got to get away from the conference Christianity that is out there, and we've got to begin to embrace the radical daily devotion to Jesus where every day we choose the Lord. Give us this day our daily bread, not our monthly conference. It was Mike Bickle who said something to the effect that radical Christianity is not falling down in an altar or attending a big meeting or even prophesying or being used by God. Radical Christianity is staying steady for decades. Radical Christianity. You want to be a radical Christian? You want to be a radical believer? Stay consistent and steady in the Word of God and prayer and fasting and developing that lifestyle for the rest of your life. That's what being radical and on fire for Jesus looks like, that the fire would never, ever go out. Again, conferences can bring clarity, they can build upon, but it's supposed to build upon what God is already doing in us, not just be like, I go here to get a breath of fresh air and then I go back into my dry, stale, boring life. No, the Lord has something better for us as his people. Number seven is celebrity Christianity. Celebrity Christianity is faith that values fame more than faithfulness. Celebrity Christians actually think popularity will solve their problems. They believe anything difficult can't be from God and following Jesus will afford them health, wealth, and prosperity. Again, let me clarify. There are healthy, bigger ministries that are popular that God has given influence to, but popularity doesn't equal success. And popularity may or may not be the measure of what God is doing. We can't fall into the ditch and say that if a ministry has influence or God is using them in a greater way, well, then they just self-promoted and they just made a departure from the word of God and their heretics and all that stuff because a lot of that is actually fueled by jealousy. If people were being honest that they'd love to have that sphere of influence and they don't, so they've got to criticize and attack those who do have influence or a measure of quote-unquote success in what God is doing if he's blessing their ministry. But we cannot measure these things through the lens of fame We have to look at faithfulness and listen, the thought that anything that's hard can't be from God is a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus said in this life, you will have trouble. That is a promise. Now, I've never seen that in a Bible promises book. You can get a hundred devotions from your grandma on these are the promises of God, and it never includes in this life you will have trouble. But Jesus said, take heart, I've overcome the world. So you can't start thinking that everything hard isn't God or it's the devil. No, what if the father is using the circumstances and situations of life to be a good father and teach us, oh, and by the way, what about the discipline of the Lord? 
What about God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble? The fact that God could actually be resisting us if we're proud or arrogant in our heart, lest we succeed at what we're doing and we forget the Lord and we think, yeah, it was actually me who did that. No, God is going to keep us humble and keep us in close. And this is for another episode, another time, but I do believe that when God cannot humble us, he will humiliate us in order to get through to us, to not allow us to go our own way and destroy ourselves. But I actually had a friend in talking about celebrity Christianity. I also think of this as Kardashian Christianity, but that starts with a K. So I'll just keep it at celebrity Christianity where this friend of mine, they thought that when they gave their life to the Lord, that all of their problems were going to go away and they were actually going to start finding money and have a huge promotion because they had watched a bunch of Christian television and these big network things that had lied to them and deceived them and made them think that this is what being a Christian is like. You just go to the beach and read your Bible and you have no problems and you drive a sports car. Again, there's nothing wrong. If God gives you a sports car, praise the Lord. But there's this thinking out there that health and wealth and prosperity is the goal and all your problems are going to go away. And that's deception. Again, a couple weeks ago, I asked the question, What if the majority or all of the rewards of following Jesus were actually going to be given to you and I in the life to come? What if there wasn't the promise of success or health or wealth or prosperity or breakthrough? What if it was an enduring faith in Jesus Christ that he is the son of God and he died for my sins and he's delivered me from darkness into the kingdom of light and I'm going to be faithful to him to honor him and live out his gospel and share his word with other people? What if there wasn't a whole lot of tangible breakthrough or health or wealth in this life, but it was truly in the life to come because the gospel hinges on eternal life. That's what Jesus promised those who believe. So we have to reject the celebrity Christianity and celebrity thinking. And I'll add, looking to quote unquote Christian celebrities, tell us who God is or tell us what God is like again Related to conference Christianity, celebrity Christianity, know God for yourself. Do not be deceived. Get in the word of God. Read it, study, pray. I'm telling you, if you're discouraged about reading your Bible, the word of God is so much easier to understand than you realize. Just ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and help you. It's written, translated into a language that you can understand. For most of us, that's English. God is faithful to reveal himself to us when we get in his word. Number eight is complacent Christianity. This is faith that is stagnant and inactive. Complacent Christians are comfortable remaining the same and living a boring, calculated life. They lack hunger for more of God and wish to be undisturbed by those who are desperate for his presence. Complacency kills. Do not be complacent in your walk with the Lord. Let me tell you something straight up. You are not going to fulfill your God-given call and destiny accidentally. 
You are not just going to stumble into your future in God and it's just going to be a random happening of circumstances. And no, we don't get lucky. We receive the grace of God through Jesus Christ and he has commissioned you and I to be faithful and to be obedient and to put one foot forward in front of the other. When we get stagnant and we get passive and we start passing the time, the enemy comes in to get you to slow down even more, to relax and take it easy. He is the voice that tells you to chill out. You're taking your walk with God too seriously. Reject that voice. Live with intentionality. Live with purpose. Live with the end in mind that Jesus is soon returning. And I believe with all my heart that he is going to ask you and I, What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with the grace that I gave you, with the talents? You and I are not permitted to bury our talents in the ground. God says, depart from me, you wicked and lazy slave, because we were not faithful with what he gave us. We cannot be complacent. We cannot afford to be inactive and stagnant in our walk with him because Jesus is worthy. The hour is late. The time is short. And God is looking for people who will do his will and not make excuses. Don't be complacent. Instead, be purposeful. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness is what Paul told his son Timothy. We've got to get more discipline back in our lives and stop making excuses and blaming other people for where we are at spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially. It's time to take responsibility today and say, I am where I am because of my choices. I am who I am by the grace of God, and I'm called as a steward to steward the mysteries of God and the things he's given me. And the scripture says that stewards must be found faithful. So let's you and I be faithful and consistent instead of complacent. Number nine is cowboy Christianity. Cowboy Christianity is faith that will not listen to wisdom or submit to truth. Cowboy Christians reject healthy accountability and they rebel against authority. They avoid local church involvement and will not serve anyone's vision except their own. Cowboy Christians are dangerous. Yes, I said cowboy. Yeehaw! These are people that don't have a problem with you. They actually have a problem with God, but they will take it out on you if you are a leader in your church or your small group or you are living on fire for God. These are people that simply reject all forms of accountability because it's bad. They rebel against God-given authority. Can I tell you something? The body of Christ is so out of joint and so deformed because many in the body of Christ have rejected the fivefold ministry of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers who are given, Ephesians 4.11 says, to equip the body of Christ for the work of service. So the body has rejected the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministers have not been faithful to fulfill the call of God that he's given them. And in 
instead, we've made room for cowboys who are going to buck up against everything that's said. They're going to object. They're going to resist the work of the Spirit of God, and they want to draw attention to themselves. And we cannot fall into this. Accountability is healthy. Accountability is godly. Someone knowing where you are, who you're with, when you'll be back, what your schedule is like, how you spend your money. All of these things are healthy and good. And I'm going to tell you something. I think that there are people out there that actually avoid marriage because they do not want the accountability that being married to a godly man or woman, husband or wife, would bring them in their life because they want to remain unaccountable. They want to continue to live in darkness in certain parts of their hearts. And God has called you and I as believers in Jesus Christ. If you call yourself a Christian and you're listening to this podcast, God has called us out out of darkness into marvelous light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows after me will not walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. You and I are not allowed to tolerate darkness at all. And one great darkness is an objection, a rejection of authority, of accountability, of healthy things. You have people who they just will not attend a local church. They won't go to fellowship. They think they can have all of God all by themselves and they're living as cowboy Christians and this simply will not work. The Holy Spirit is the voice that leads us into fellowship. The voice that takes you out of fellowship and into isolation is not the voice of God, is not the will of God. He has placed us in community. He wants us around other brothers and sisters and faithful people who we can serve the Lord with. And if you're like, Paul, I don't have anywhere around. I don't know anywhere like that. I'm going to tell you something. If the church is alive, it's worth the drive. I right now in my life know Christians, faithful people who drive one or two hours weekly or more in the car to attend a church that is alive and thriving, full of the power of God and the true gospel going forth. You might even consider physically relocating to become a part of a healthy, vibrant fellowship that is not compromising in this difficult hour. So now we have our last Last one that brings me to number 10. This may be the worst of all. Number 10 is consumer Christianity. Consumer Christianity is faith that is consumed by selfish desires. Consumer Christians view people and ministries as a means to get their own needs met. Their goal is to receive, not give, attend, not participate, and ultimately to be served by others. Listen, God wants you and I to participate. He doesn't want us to spectate. There is an entire breed and culture of Christians out there who simply want to consume a product that they call church or a ministry when God has called us to actually serve and give and be used by God where we don't just show up to a place where what can I get out of it? I believe it's Francis Chan who talks about people saying, well, I didn't like the worship at a church. And Francis says, well, do you realize that we're not worshiping you? 
All of that is a consumer mindset where we choose the best product or the best place with the best programs rather than did the Holy Spirit lead me here? What if you are called to be a part of a fellowship where you impact the culture and you make a difference and your gifts and your talents are used by God to be a blessing to the church where you're just not sitting on the sidelines consuming a Christian product and saying amen when God wants us to be active in our faith and serving in the church and in other places where our life is being laid down and poured out for the the glory of the gospel. God wants us to get in the game and serve the kingdom. I mean, my God, Jesus himself said that he did not come to be served. He came to serve. And if he being the king, the Lord and master would wash their feet, how much more you and I should be serving and giving all of ourselves where we're not just consuming something. I urge you, wherever you attend in your local fellowship, whatever ministries you are involved in, do not think of yourself first. Think of what God wants from you and how you can be a blessing to other people. That is the bedrock of the kingdom of God is service. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, you and I must serve. I write in my book, Fight the Good Fight, that if you are overqualified to serve, you are actually unqualified to lead in the kingdom of God. You and I must remember that this is an upside down kingdom and God is looking for those who would come out of deception, who would lose their lives that we might find it in Jesus Christ. If this has been helpful to you, these deceptions, I encourage you to share it with a friend, a coworker, someone who needs to hear the truth. You and I, let's not be deceived in this hour. Let's live with our eyes wide open with the truth of the gospel. Let's build our lives upon the word of God, the truth of who Jesus is and what he has said, all he has done. Let's make it about Jesus Christ again and not about all of these peripheral matters that don't really add up to much of anything. Jesus is worthy. We are alive so that God would be glorified in us and through us. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that the Holy Spirit would open your eyes to see Jesus Christ, that you would be filled with the knowledge of God, that deception would not have a hold on your heart, and that you would be free to serve the Lord with clean hands, a pure heart, that we would do it with love, with the love of God overflowing in everything that we say and do. Don't be deceived. Instead, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ trust in him for salvation. We need truth in this hour. I charge you, be a proclaimer of truth. Don't be ashamed. The gospel message is going forth in power and it will reach the ends of the earth as Jesus is soon returning. Thank you so much for listening to That Won't Preach. You can visit paultjohnson.org if you'd like more information. You can subscribe there as well. Share this podcast. Please like it. Write a review. Have a great day. Let's go make a difference for Jesus Christ and break the power of deception with the light of truth. <laughs>